17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the station's Ravens beat reporter. And we are heading to week seven, but we still have to comb over the issues of the Ravens that we've seen thus far, Cordell. So let's start with the uh, the fourth quarter collapse. It feels like it's a topic of conversation, not only from a local perspective, but from a national perspective. The Ravens obviously are not finding ways to close games in double-digit leads. Um, The Bengals game is probably the one in which they actually did close but barely um but they also blew that double digit lead as well so you know there's been a lot of speculation about who's been responsible for those collapses and i think that in the six weeks that we've already gone through there's a lot of shared blame um to go around and i think it shifts and and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this but for me I believe that early on the defense um, had a problem. I believe that they had a communication problem. Um, I believe that, that they had a pass uh, pressure problem. Um, And obviously uh, it allowed some things to happen, but as time has gone on Cordell, I truly believe that this offense that once was, it, it looked like that they were going to be, you know, this high powered offense is finding ways to sputter out late in games. And it is allowing the defense to be on the field longer, allowing more plays from the defense, which obviously means that they're getting tired and, and that the offense that they're playing against is getting an opportunity to get the ball back to win the football game. Again, I think that this is a shared um perspective but I, I i am believing that as of recent the offense has been the one that has found ways to lose these football games yeah i, I could i could kind of get with that uh i think that this is definitely a situation where everybody's kind of to blame um for sure from coaching to you know bad play calling not incorporating certain guys into the offense uh, players not executing, and this is for offense and defense, not executing on both sides of the ball, uh, even special teams. You know, the missed field goal, we've had some shank p- punts. They've given up big returns. Uh, it, it, you had penalties. The A.J. Klein penalty uh, on Sunday against the Giants was a special teams penalty. So it's it's, it's a lot of blame to go around, no doubt, Uh and I, I definitely agree that the defense has played better as of late. Uh, they did a good job, I think, that on Sunday, spe- specifically in the first half uh, on that Giants offense. Second half was a little different. Saquon gets a little more of a workload. Um, the receiving game, the, the pass game starts to open up, especially over the middle of the field. Wondell Robinson is starting to make plays. Darius Slayton is starting to make plays. Um it is something that you didn't expect to see. Not that the, these guys are NFL players. So, you know, anybody can make a play. But when you talk about the Ravens talent in their secondary compared to the right to the Giants talent at, in the receiving position right now, I mean, that's 
you would imagine that that would benefit the Ravens, uh, but it didn't in the second half. And the defense, albeit they are playing well, they're not doing a good job in the second half either. The last four possessions for the Giants on Sunday were field goal, touchdown, touchdown, and a nail-out situation to end the game. And to be fair, right, that last touchdown – Lamar did them absolutely no favors by that oh, ridiculous interception. So it put them in a bad position already because they right. got um, fielded back to what inside the twenty. At that they, point? Yeah, they started. They started at the thirteen on that yeah, drive. So exactly. That that one that one is you know a sh- a shared responsibility on the offense and most uh, mostly on the offense, probably like 70-30 on that possession. Uh, but the thing is, it's like. While I'll give them that, I still don't have a lot of trust that they can stop anybody when they absolutely have to. When when the game is on the line, can they be the? Can they be? Do, does anybody trust them to get a stop? I, I don't. I don't. And that's whether they got to go. The opposing team has to go 13 yards or the length of the field. I don't really believe that they can get off the field when they absolutely have to. That said. The offense has been downright dreadful in the second half. Lamar specifically. Lamar's been terrible in the fourth quarter this year. Absolutely terrible. And I don't think that that's – this isn't the Lamar that we've seen in the past, especially when the Ravens have a lead. Right now, Lamar only has one touchdown in the fourth quarter to four interceptions. That's not not the MVP Lamar that we're used to seeing. Lamar has a – QBR in the fourth quarter of 28. That is 29th in the NFL. Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. And it's a mix of bonehead decisions from Lamar, from the interception we saw in the Giants game at the yep. end to the, to the fumble yep. uh, late, and even to the fourth and goal situation against the uh, Bills where he throws the pick in the back of the end zone. Yep. It, a lot of it is self-inflicted by him. Uh, but also, I think it's been poor play calling in crucial situations, and specifically, I think it's been poor play calling in the second half in general. This Ravens offense has been downright boring in the second half this year. It's been flat-out boring. They come out on fire, and in the second half, they they allow the other team. I guess the other team is making adjustments, but yeah, I look, yeah, that, somebody's making adjustments, yeah, but it doesn't I, look like it's the Ravens. Well, and the crazy thing is, I would imagine that the Ravens are making adjustments too. It's just that theirs aren't working, you know. And it's it's just crazy to me that they are okay with allowing guys like Devin Duvernay to not even be a part of the game plan. Right, makes One no sense. One catch in the game. And it's not even just about the catches because just a week ago he had what five carries, you know, like this is, they, they have plays for him. I asked John Harbaugh on Monday, like what happened with Devin Duvernay? What, what, why was it that we saw all these plays for him the week before? And then we get to the giants game and he is only involved in one play that he gets to make a catch on. I know Lamar overthrew him on the, on the one pass, but I'm not losing any sleep over that. It's the fact that they aren't they have other ways to get this guy the ball and they don't. And for an offense that has limited weapons, how can you be okay with basically 
taking one of the few weapons you have out of the game on your own. I can understand if the defense does it, but if you as the coaches don't incorporate him into the game plan, that's a that's a huge blow to the coaching and to the team. You yeah. know, I think they do a detriment to the team when they do stuff like that. And then you get what you saw on Sunday. You get a lot of the one-man band, Lamar DeMarc Andrews. That's all you're going to get in the passing game. I get King and Drake was great in the run game, but even he only had 10 carries. Four of them were in the second half. It's crazy. Oh, it's and, crazy. And, and, and he had them in the second half, but he ain't have none of them in the red zone. That's right. the part that I don't right. think I understand. My thing is, is that, what is it that y'all are trying to prove when you get into the red zone with this passing stuff when the run game was working? I don't understand why you abandoned something that was so successful to you thus far. The Ravens had over to, over 200 yards rushing, but for whatever reason, in the red zone, they decided that they wanted to pass. Now, I don't know if all of that was Greg Roman because there were times when Lamar was checking out of run plays and doing pass plays. I don't, I, I'd have to rewatch the film to see if if in the red zone he was checking out of run plays. But I, all I know is that abandoning abandoning what works makes zero sense to me. Even if you're not super successful, right, in terms of, like, scoring touchdowns, I, I, why aren't you even trying? That's the part that I, I don't think that I understand. And, you know, I would love to know the answer to that because is it because you're trying to get Lamar to, the, the patch that here? What is it that you're trying to enforce by completely eliminating the run when you get inside the 20-yard line? I would love an explanation, you know, for that. And so I do feel like there's so everybody has a shared responsibility in what's happened in the fourth quarter. I agree with you that the defense, I don't feel like that they I can trust the defense, but also I don't feel like I can trust this offense. So I, I, I honestly, I it's it's and at this point, Cordell, I can't trust the offense more to close out games in the fourth. And it's not at, at this early in the season, it was because they couldn't get a yard early on in the Dolphins game. They couldn't get a yard, so that was the issue. Okay, well now your run game is actually doing well again. I just expect now boneheaded plays, whether it's from Lamar, whether it's from lack of of good coaching in that regard. I expect the defense to, um, to be put in unfortunate situations simply because the offense cannot find a mojo, a groove, or whatever to find ways to close out football games. And it's really unfortunate that, you know, we saw so much potential with this offense, and then somehow all of a sudden they've just become this dismal, mediocre shell of themselves uh, in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that they need to do – and this is more so on the coaches, I think they need to do a better job of squeezing all the juice they possibly can out of this orange, so to speak. And what I mean by that is utilizing all the weapons that they have at their disposal. They're, they're, I, we're on record, and we'll get to it later on this episode, talking about the receiving and the depth that they have there and the lack of talent that I think that they have at that position. But the, even though they have a lack of talent there, they don't do themselves any favors by not utilizing any of these guys. James Prochet still can't get on the field. Uh, some of these, even when Kenyon Drake has a good day rushing the ball, they go away from him. It's it's crazy to me that they'll get into the red zone and the plays that they run the best, we never see them. We only see them when they're on the other side of the field or at midfield or something like that. 
they don't call many run design, many quarterback design runs in the red zone. And I don't understand why that's the case. They, their average Lamar's average on these quarterback design runs on yards per carry. I would imagine is somewhere between like seven to 12 yards a pop. Why in God's name, are you not running more of that in the red zone is beyond me. Uh, I, I just don't think that they're doing what, fits them best. I don't think that they're playing to their strengths. And it's crazy because they used to be so good in the red zone. Uh, but everything that they used to be good at, they, they're not good at anymore. The red zone, uh, the defense, the consistent run game, uh, not turning the ball over, closing out games. All of these things that the Ravens used to do in their sleep are things that they struggle with right now. And yep. I just I just think that this is a team that is searching for their identity right now. And I, I don't know if they'll be, you know, they'll win some games. They they I think that they'll bounce back against the Browns. But does that make me believe that they're back if they beat the Browns? No. Right. Because they easily go to Tampa and lay an egg and even possibly the following week in New Orleans. So I I, I just think that they need to catch up to this and not listen to everybody who talks about how easy their schedule is coming is about to be after the bye week. I, I really would not buy into that at all because right now they're not, the Ravens aren't playing good enough football to where they can afford to look at a schedule and say, Oh, we're better than that team. We're better than this team just simply because the record said so they're 500 team themselves right now. And as much as people like to keep telling me that they could be six and zero, they could easily be zero and six too. That's very true. Like it could be, it could go both ways because they have just lacked consistency. Honestly, th them being three and three is is perfect because they only play one half of football. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. If you're only playing fifty percent, you're only going to win fifty percent of your games. So, yeah. three and three is a perfect way for the Ravens to be until they find a way to get better and be better. And and that that'll just continue. I don't even know what you know how they change this because again, I think a lot of this is. Um, things that can be fixed, but are they going to fix them? I don't know. We, we, I guess to be continued because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy that we've even come to this point. All right, guys, before we get into our next segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will get it the first minute it drops. All right, Cordell, we're here. We knew this. We knew in the offseason, that the wide receiving core was not enough. We knew it then. We know it now. And the absence of Rashad Bateman due to injury has done nothing but magnify this situation. So there, you know, everybody's having these talks about DJ Moore because obviously the Panthers have, you know, fired their head coach. They need a wide receiver. They would like to get a, a, another guy. Robbie Anderson was available because of his falling out with the staff, but he ends up going to the Cardinals because they lose uh, Marquise Brown for some time. Uh, and, and so the Ravens doing what the Ravens always do. Doesn't matter who the GM is. They're going to find them an old wide receiver or old player to find to try to compensate for their issue so here we go with Deshaun Jackson Deshaun Jackson is talked about coming out of retirement he still wants to play and he made a visit to the Ravens and 
I'm sorry, Cordell. It's laughable at this point. I mean, people have made jokes uh, on Twitter and social media about it. Like, hey, well, let's get Calvin Johnson. Hey, let's get Jerry Rice. Let's get Terrell Owens. Let's get all of Brandy Boss. Yo wants to come back. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, 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 look, T.O. shunned us in 2004. But if he's willing to make up for that, hey, man, come on. Come on and play. Because because at right. this point, how could it hurt at this point? I'm trying to understand how it could hurt at all. I mean, they want more speed. They want somebody that can take the top off the defense. I think Deshaun Jackson can still run. I will give him that. I think he can still run. Now, can he still play? That's the question. Deshaun Jackson hasn't played more than five games since 2018. Uh, that's, that's a while ago. He hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2016 when he was in Washington. He wasn't um, gonna get that hand anyway. I no, mean, he's not, he's I don't not even know why you brought that up because the Ravens ain't throwing to Deshaun Jackson for thousand yards. I'm just trying to figure out what it is that you're getting from Deshaun Jackson that you feel like you can't get for from a guy that you could trade for. And I'm not just talking about DJ Moore. I I, I like DJ Moore. I don't know if DJ Moore is necessarily the difference maker that everybody believes he could be, but. I get it. When you're a team that has limited amount of receiving talent throughout your history, DJ Moore looks incredible. So I understand. Yeah, and on top of that, he vastly upgrades what they no are doubt. currently no doubt. doing. No doubt. I just wonder, I, I, while I agree that he is an upgrade over what you have, I still don't know if he's exactly what it is you're going to be looking for when you talk about somebody at that position that kind of can be the great receiver that the Ravens have been waiting for. I just don't know if DJ Moore has that. Him. I think he's a really good receiver and I think he would definitely make an impact for this team. I just, I just don't know if he's the big picture answer, but that, I, but that I don't even think is worth talking about because I don't think they're going to get DJ Moore. He's too expensive. For <laughs> exactly. them. Right. You know, uh, he's too expensive for them, but that's why they're bargain bin shopping again. And Deshaun Jackson is in Baltimore for a visit. And, Hey, they added Andy Isabella, what, a week ago? You know, they're looking to add more speed. Okay. Um, at some point, what I just what happened to the guys you had? They talk up James Prochet every offseason, every training camp. They've talked up Devin Duvernay. They've talked up Talon Wallace. Where are these guys? The, the guys you have on your team already, the guys exactly. which tells me you've invested in. Tells me that's a scam. Tells me everything you were saying was a shame, and then you knew that yeah. you was limited, and then you tried to make it. You tried to put uh, sugar on poop, is what we like to say. So mm -hmm. I, I, I look. We all knew it. We all you couldn't sell that to us. Everybody knew that they were limited. Everybody knew that the, there was nobody on this roster really that that you know found that 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 people would be afraid of. Now Duvernay has emerged to be that guy, but ultimately, like the other guys, like what are we doing here? Like, and you're trying to sell us that. It's no wonder why Mark Andrews continues to get um, all the play because that's the the, the threat. If there's no Rashad Bateman, and then if Duvernay is somehow being covered. So I don't know what Deshaun Jackson does here. It really does feel like a, a, a person rumbling through the trash. And I'm not calling Deshaun, um, Deshaun Jackson trash. I'm just saying that <laughs> it just feels like a person rumbling through trash to try to find a treasure. It really feels like we're in 
a uh, a, a trash uh, lot, a dump lot, just looking for something, some type of glimpse of gold um, that we can find in this rummage. And good luck with that at this point. I mean, seriously. That's what they do. It's, they have, as, a, as an organization, they have tried to get by as much as possible without really having to invest money, big money, into the wide receiver position. It's, it's working backwards. This is a passing league. We know that. And while I can get with the Ravens wanting to stick with their run style, I don't. I think they've obviously kind of switched that up this year. They're, that's not the team that they are. They understand that right now. But uh, I just feel like that they continue to try to skate by with as little wide receiver talent as possible. And I'll give them that they have used – first round picks on Bateman and Marquise Brown. I get that they've used what third round picks on Duvernay and Prochet third and fourth round picks on those guys. So I, I understand it, but if you're going to bargain Ben shot for receivers, you better hit on, you better hit when you draft these guys and they're not yep. hitting on the bargain shopping. They're not hitting on the drafts. They're not trading for receivers. So it's, like, how do you expect to get the best out of Lamar Jackson? How do you expect to get the best out of your offense as a whole when one of the key positions you don't even value? And I just look at this Deshaun Jackson situation. Like, you look around the league, everybody could – people Ravens fans got defensive for a while when everybody talked about their receivers. And not this year, but just in the past when people would bring up that receivers don't want to play in Baltimore. And it's to the point now to where the NFL is becoming a recruiting game a little bit. Um, and you have to be able to break that, that stigma that you have right now, as far as how you value the receiver positions, everybody looks at the receiving in Baltimore as if you're not going to get the ball in the pass game and you better be able to block Marquise Brown showed it. T Y Hilton showed it all Juju showed it. You know, it's, it's other, it, it's been shown. And if you're talking about them being able to get some of these free agents in the future, they have to show that they are willing to utilize them. And Greg Roman's scheme is a part of the problem. I don't know how much longer Greg Roman will be on this team as far as years going forward. But right now, it just it just looks like a team that doesn't even need receivers in their mind. They, they, if they could, they'd go out there with four tight ends. Which I, I don't know. About, look, I, I love the tight end. I love the 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 multiple tight end sets. I do. Um, but my thing is, is that you know, listen, Mark Andrews can't do everything. And look, Isaiah likely did play well against the Giants game, but you know, wasn't really um a part of it towards the end. And so you know, listen, Demar and even Robinson, he only had two catches. It's like it, right, exactly. Any tight ends, right. you got to at least. Hit some, I would have liked to see Isaiah likely get more opportunities on Same. Sunday, to be honest with you. But I mean, I don't mind the tight end, the you know, the heavy tight end says I get it's their style. I I don't hate it, but it's it's just not super effective. I, I don't think I, I I think it's cool for as long as they can utilize it, but like the Giants game showed, it is working until it's not. 
And eventually well, uh, you're going to need somebody to make plays down the field. Right. And I, I agree. You do need that. And and the guys that they have at the moment, like, again, I, I think that DuVernay is a guy, but he was the only threat from a right. wide receiving perspective in that game on Sunday. So you did nothing to really try to force their hand with somebody else. Unlike the Giants, who I don't know who those guys were that, that were making plays. Why I couldn't understand why the Ravens can be can do something similar. You have to find ways to make defenses uh, get over aggressive and expose that. And for whatever reason, the Ravens haven't done that. And they definitely don't have the wide receiver group or they don't trust the wide receiving group without Rashad Bateman to do that. And I don't understand why they're not doing that. And it's costing them the games. The, what's the point of these guys being on the roster if you're not That's going to saying. utilize them? It makes they, no might sense well, they, they might as well put James Prochet to sleep. Seriously, or, or just trade them away. Get, get, right. If you don't want them, give them to somebody, a team that will at this point, because you're not I using think, them. I think I'm going to have to ask a question about Prochet this because it's, it's a story. It's a story now. Every year they they advertise him in the tra in during training camp and they talk him up and they, they bring him up when you ask about the wide receivers. They, they, they name drop him. And it's like, why I'm, I think I just want to flat out ask, why does James Prochet not play? What does he have to do to get in the game? And I don't want any BS, which I know I'm going to get. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get it. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, we, we value James. He does a great job for us. Well, does he? Does he? What, what does he do a great job doing exactly? Walking <laughs> up and down the sideline? Filling up the Gatorade buckets? Like, what is it that he does a great job of? Because we don't see him on Sundays. It's, I it's really mind-blowing to me. I have zero idea outside of practice what James Prochet can do. I, I mean, I, I could reference the Bengals game of last year, but, like, why should I have to bet, reference a Bengals game from last year and we're six weeks in on the football season? Like, and I think that that's pretty laughable. Position. You're hurt at the receiver position, and you yeah. just brought in two outside guys. Well, one outside guy and working on the second outside guy right now who's right. coming out of retirement. Like, this is what <laughs> you're showing us what you think about – the players you already have on this on your roster yeah you don't have much faith in these guys and if that's the case just say it just say it because you're showing it on Sunday whether you come out and give us these BS answers or not you show how you really feel on Sundays whether James Prochet is a healthy scratch or whether he's active and simply not playing in the games Tyler Wallace is out snapping him and then even to Devin DuVernay, you, you had Demarcus Robinson outsnap Devin DuVernay this week. How do you explain that? <laughs> I mean, they, I don't I do not understand what the Ravens are doing at the wide receiver position right now. It's a joke. And while we sit here and rightfully get on Lamar for some of his performances, especially late in the game, I mean, the fact that Lamar has to throw a panic throw. To Patrick Ricard of all people in the middle of the field, she let you know what it Patrick is. Patrick Ricard that they don't use in one yard situations, but will want to throw the ball to Patrick Ricard in a panic situation. I'm sorry, the irony of that was so crazy to me. Like you don't even use them when you should, and then all of a sudden, like that was the guy that you felt like you had to throw downfield because maybe you don't trust the other guys. Like. I, just, I, I mean, I don't know why Patrick Ricard is running 
route 10 yards up the field to begin with. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Uh, I have no idea why he was down there. All I know is that 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 was the craziest thing that I'd probably seen Mm. in quite some time. And it's really descriptive of the season of the Ravens from a wide receiver perspective, right? Like, oh, Patrick Ricard, we're going to, oh, he's, I'm going to throw to him as opposed to pro- throwing to someone else. Like, explain right. that. Uh, you know what I mean? And like, how did we even, get here? Even when Rashad Bateman plays, like, it's the same story. I, I Honestly, the Giants game, a little different than, whatever the last game was that Rashad Bateman played fully, you know. It, well, Rashad Bateman had been missing for like, two games. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's not like it's not like when he's out there, oh, he's a 10-target guy. He's five, yeah. at least five catches a game. Like, no, it's, it's the same right. thing. That's why I'm not even going to give them a pass right now because he's hurt. Because when he's out there, it's even more frustrating because, okay, this is, your number one receiver, he's out there, but yeah, he can't get out of a game with more than two catches. Explain yeah. to me why that is. Yeah. I I, I have no idea. Like, I, I, it's very crazy what the Ravens are doing right now. Uh, and it's, it's so funny because, like I said, we all talked about this, like, going into the season, how they didn't have enough depth. They didn't have enough playmakers on that side of the ball. And so I'm trying to understand, you know, what Deshaun Jackson is supposed to do to, like, uplift the scene. It'd be one thing, Cordell, if it was, like, uh, Odell Beckham. Okay, fine. You know, Odell Beckham, I think, still got gas left in the tank. And I think that he could come in and be some type of impact player. I I have no idea what to expect from Deshaun Jackson. Like, I'm sure that he's still fast, but I don't don't know what that means, like, at, at his age. He's like in his mid thirties, yeah. so I, I have no idea what still fast means in Deshaun Jackson age. It, is he going to catch the ball though? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I have no idea what this signing or potential signing um, could bring, and I don't think the Ravens do either. But I think that they hear all the chatter and they understand like, oh, Rashad Bateman could potentially be out a couple more weeks, so they need to add another body. But this ain't it. <laughs> this is not right. it. And Deshaun, and and I've always been a Deshaun Jackson fan. Uh, But the thing with him, he has constant hamstring issues. Yes. He's going to go out there, going to run one 60-yard route. He may catch it. And then, you know, he's on the sideline for the rest of the season. I mean, I I just don't see the benefit in in adding Deshaun Jackson when you talk about this being a long-term problem. For them, this isn't even a short-term fix in my mind. And w- again, we'll have to see if he even gets signed. But I, I, I just, I don't think that this is the route that they should be looking at. These quick fixes that they keep trying to do at this position, they have not worked. They have to get some sort of youth, and they have young guys, but they won't play them. And some of them are just flat out not good enough. Um, they need to get some quality talent with some youth at the receiver position at some point. I completely agree. Before we get into our last segment, just make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so you can get all of your Ravens content with me and Cordell. All right, Cordell, so we've talked about the fourth quarter collapses. We've talked about the lack of uh, depth 
and talent at the wide receiver position. The Ravens are three and three. Uh, Harbaugh said it was not time to hit the panic button. But do you think it's time to hit the panic button, even though they're still tied for first place in the AFC North? I don't. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. Three and three, like you said, tied for first place in the division. You could be a lot worse. Probably, arguably should be worse. Uh, but they're not. They're at 500. They haven't lost back-to-back games yet this season. So that would kind of tell you that they will probably win on Sunday, get back over 500. Now, these next couple of games, I think, are crucial. Um, While I do expect them to beat the Browns, I don't think it's going to be easy. You know, this is the NFL, and when you're on a losing streak, it's, those are usually facing teams that are on losing streaks are usually the more dangerous teams to face because at some point they're going to snap out of it. These teams are too good. Right. Um, but, and especially with this being a division game, anything can happen. Yep. But you, you want to make sure you win this game because going to Tampa and then on, and on a short week at that, going to Tampa, you got to play them on Thursday on a short week. And then going to New Orleans for that Monday night or before the bye week, those aren't going to be gimme games. And I know yep. the Saints haven't been great this season either, but playing them in New Orleans is always a tough thing to do. Uh, I would expect them to be a little more healthier by the time the Ravens go down there. Jameis Winston, I think, is supposed to be making his return this Sunday. Michael Thomas might be another week week away. Chris Olave on his way back out of the concussion protocol. Alvin Kamara's getting back up to speed. So, you know, they could be kind of getting healthy at the right time or the wrong time if you're a Ravens fan. So, uh, and I get it. After that, after the bye week, it's, it's, it's a lighter schedule. Panthers, Jags, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. It's, it's a nice setup, but like I've been saying, you can't overlook any of these teams. Um, I do think the Ravens are a better team than they have showed. That's that's kind of what gives me the optimism to not hit the panic button right now. Yeah. But they could be as talented as they want to be. They could be a better team than, a fi- than the 500 team that they are. But just because they're better than that doesn't mean that they're going to actually play to that level. Yeah. It's up to them to go out there and actually start playing up to their, you know, to as good as they possibly can, because at some point teams are going to start waking up. They are in a good spot right now where the AFC, the league in general, right very, now, it's very, it's very mid. Yep. Yeah, very mid, you know, uh, the same type of conversations we're having in Baltimore about the Ravens. They're having the same type of conversations down in Tampa, yep. out in Green Bay, you know, uh, so out in Denver, who, you know, who I'm sure thought that they would be better than they are right now. So, yep. you know, it's it's happening all over the league right now. Uh, so this is the time to kind of wake up if you're the Ravens, because you don't want to be the, the last of the bunch to kind of get going. And by that point, it's too late. Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, this team obviously is riddled with with problems, okay? And we've already discussed those things, you know, in the previous segments. But I also think that these are things that can be fixed. Find better, you know, adjustments in the second half. You know, get your running backs more involved. Because like you said, Kenyon Drake, 
um, had only 10 carries, but he, he was bawling out. Meanwhile, you had Saquon Barkley, who didn't even get to 100 yards, but they gave him 22 carries. You know why? Because you still got to give it to your players that are actually doing things. And so, okay, fix that. Fix your run game. Find ways to get these young receivers that y'all tried to sell us on into in this offense. Find a way to get Isaiah Likely involved into this offense. Defensively, find a way to, you know, get to the <clears throat> passer a little bit better. So, you know, these things, I believe, can be fixed. And I do think that the fact that they don't play a team with a winning record um, for the rest of the season does help. But you can't – You, I truly believe, and I know that the Giants are 4-1, and one, Cordell, but I truly thought that the Ravens played down to the Giants on Sunday. They have a, 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 a weird complex in that regard where they – they're the better team, right? But mm-hmm. somehow they, they chose not to play like the better team or at least prepare to be the better team, which I could not understand. And my thing is, is that you can't, if you want to win football games, you have to prepare each and every week perfectly and execute just as such in order to be the better football team. Do I think that the Ravens have can do that? Absolutely. It's all a matter of if they're going to do it. But I absolutely right. think that they can. And I do think that as of right now, because of their position in their division, it doesn't require to be um, a panic. But mm-hmm. I do think that you need to be on watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, not panicking, but you need to be on alert. Maybe that's the better word. Yeah, I think definitely. that you need to be on some type of alert because at some point the Bengals are going to find a way to get it together. You saw what the Steelers did um, against the, the Bucks. You know, at some point Deshaun Watson comes back for the Browns. What you don't want to do is get caught slipping. And that is very possible to happen because you can't find a way to close games and you decide that you only want to play 50% football makes no sense. But I, I don't think at the moment you have to, you know, be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, here we are. I think that you have to be on alert. And I think that you should be in a position where you have to change something. Has to, yeah. Something has to change because ultimately you have to know that your competitors in your division are probably going to get better and you're going to have to find a way to keep up. And on a positive side, you know, I think that the Ravens are trending up health-wise. Yes. You know, Harbs told us that Rashad Bateman is close to getting back. We expect Tyus Bowser to eventually get back on the field. He said Gus Edwards could potent. I mean, he even threw out there to Gus. We may see Gus this Sunday, which I doubt. But he also <laughs> said possibly see him on Thursday. That's a little more likely, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath on that. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Gus until New Orleans or maybe even after the bye week, but we'll see. But like I said, it's a good thing that these guys are trending towards coming back. And David Ajabo, who knows when he'll be back? You know, he's practicing, so he's trending in the right direction. I I, I think it's a good thing. Ronnie's getting his legs back under him. Yeah. He's good since he's been back out there. So. That that's something to give you a little more optimism. Uh, if you're a Ravens fan, the fact that you are getting healthier, you're getting some impact players back. You're yeah. getting a new impact player in David Ajabo, who you would who you desperately need to kind of help. Oh, Justin who, Houston. We even who, even talked that we look at some point he's gonna have to find his way back. Who? Justin Houston. 
Oh, yeah, and Houston. Yep, you're right. And I, I, I definitely forgot about Houston, and that could be this week. Yep. You know, that, that could be this week that we see Houston uh, back. So, you know, they're, they're, getting a, they're getting a lot of their key players back and one of their young draft picks on the field for the first time that I think they desperately need. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing going forward that while te- certain the Ravens are dealing with their own injury issues themselves right now, but it's good that they are kind of trending upwards in that regard. But it doesn't matter who they have at their disposal if they're not going to finish games uh, and put teams away when they have the opportunity. They they have they've held a double digit lead in every game so far this season and have lost half of them. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. I I, I, I like all they got to do is string together as good as a second half as they have a first half. If it it really sounds simple, Cordell. I it don't know simple. if it's as simple as it sounds because it don't look as simple. <laughs> <laughs> they make it look so difficult. They, they really make it do. look so difficult. And it's to the point to where you kind of see this stuff coming. They yep. get the lead and you, you know, they, they may have a 10 or 17 point lead and all of a sudden the other team scores. And it's like, uh, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, it's coming now. And that's not good because if we feel that way, imagine how they feel Absolutely. on the sideline. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they start to look and looking over their shoulder a little more. They, they, they get the, the the sweat starts to heat up because they know they're back in that uncharted territory again where a league could potentially be given away and everybody's got to play better from the players uh you know to the coaches coaching better it's it's a total team effort right now but I, while I'm saying I don't want to put too much stock into their lighter schedule I do think that helps a little bit but teams can you know some of these teams can be better you already mentioned Deshaun Deshaun Watson returning to the Browns who knows what they'll be the Bengals could definitely be you know the Bengals that we expected to see coming into this year uh you know who knows hey maybe Russell's really start cooking you know by the time we get to December and the Broncos right who who knows you know what I'm saying TJ Watt is supposed to come back you know, he'll probably yep. be back by the time the Steelers, but by the time the Ravens go play the Steelers both times, the Falcons haven't been an easy team to, to beat. They just beat the Niners on Sunday. Sure so, did. I mean, you, you just never know. You just never know. It's a week-to-week league. Yep. Uh, it's dangerous. I know we, you know, before the season, we go through the schedule and we start calling wins and losses, but that's just because we need something to talk about. Right now in the season, that's a dangerous game to play. They need Absolutely. to focus on the team that they play that week. And I don't think that this Browns game is going to be easy at all. Uh, nope. This is a Browns team that they usually split with. So they've got to get back in the win column, and it starts this week. They lose this week. It The panic button might – I might bringing have to it hit. out? We yeah, I, I might have button? to hit it. All right, well, there it is. We're going to bring out that panic button if, if, if this – is an L this Sunday. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Wednesday edition of the Winning Drives podcast. We appreciate you. On Friday, we will have the preview for the Browns game, and we will have our predictions. And listen, Cordell has been right the past three weeks, and so basically, I'm just going to roll whatever Cordell says. <laughs> so I'm just going to let y'all know now. Whatever Cordell says is going to happen, I'm just going to roll with him because clearly he knows something that I don't. 
and that's just kind of how it is. So thank you hopefully guys. So it's good news this week. <laughs> hopefully it's good news. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Winnie Drive podcast from Cordell to me. This is Winnie Drive. <laughs>